With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial, as we welcome you as we go back to local sports for the next couple of hours. And if you're a college basketball fan, uh, today is your show, because we've got plenty of conversation uh, coming up on college hoops. In fact, a BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Kevin Lehman, uh, who will join us here in about 25 minutes, washer systems of Iowa sponsors uh, Kevin uh, throughout the basketball season. We will go around the the big four in the state of Iowa. Uh, Kevin Lehman at about ten twenty five. Uh, Shelby Mast, our bracketologist from the USA Today and the Des Moines Register. Shelby's first bracket, I believe, of the season uh, was posted this morning at Des Moines Register dot com. So if you want to see that there, uh, I, I think it's a freebie when you click on on the bracket. All right. Not one of your articles for no, the month? No, not one of your five if you haven't pulled the trigger on a subscription to the D, Des Moines Register. Um, Iowa is a three. Drake is a six. Wow. Andy Katz has Drake as a 10. We talked about it last week with Shelby. This year, I think the bracketologists are going to be all over the map. Mm-hmm. No, no non-conference for the most part. Uh, that played a significant factor in it. So uh, anyway, Shelby will join us at 1045. Then Bobby Hansen. Haven't spoken with him all season long, and we'll get him in here. I think the last time we spoke to Bobby was during the last dance. Oh, Wasn't really? it when they re- at, the, at the conclusion yeah. of the last dance, we had Bobby Hansen. Oh, boy, that was a good show. Yes, it was. You remember how that saved us, those five Sundays coming in here on Monday with nothing to talk about? Yes. And how that became our Super Bowl. <laughs> I was, uh, in fact, I was talking to a restaurant owner a week or two ago, and that was one thing we talked about. Outside of restaurant radio, yeah. governor press conferences, yeah. really the only thing that we really had to dig into was the last dance. And the draft. The NFL draft. It helped. It helped, right. But that was done at the end of April. It was. We had May. Yeah, no, and no. June. Okay. And almost all of July. Oh, don't mind me. Don't remind me. We finally got sports back. We, we Indeed, we did. And we survived it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the numbers showed up in a big way afterwards, didn't they? Oh, um, they did. I'm, I'm happy about that, mm-hmm. that there's still a, um, a, a demand, I guess, for our brand of sports talk radio. Anyways, so Bobby Hansen at 11.05. And then Zubin Mahente in his regular spot as we'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. Uh, Super Bowl ratings came out this morning, Trent. I, that's funny that you mentioned that because I was wondering and I hadn't looked, hadn't seen anything. So let me just guess. All I, right. I promise you I have nothing. I'm going to guess it's down. Am I right? You're just down or just way down or down a little bit? or Well, am I right on the down part? Yes. Okay. Down 
Five percent. Well, I don't know percentage because okay. I, I, I'm not good at that. All right. But the, it was the lowest rated Super Bowl since your Bears played in the Super Bowl against the Colts in 2007. Whoa. They got crushed. It didn't top 100 million. Last year was 113. Okay, yeah. See, I, I, I would definitely have been way off. I would have guessed, if I knew the 113 number, I would have guessed 109. Now, yeah, 93.1 million people. Holy so cow. we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. What was everybody watching on Sunday night? Tuppy Bowl? Nothing? I don't get Netflix? it. Netflix? What has the NFL done to lose you? Is the politicization, is that still a fact? See, I never believed it was three or four years ago when that became a mm-hmm. talking point. Ah, you're full of you know what. Because it bounced back. It, it bounced back after it, the election it, it year. it bounced back this season, it had, yeah. As but everybody this... else saw these significant drops mm-hmm. from college sports to professional, it was everybody, and the drops were... Huge. Not the case in the NFL. No, there were some you know disappointing weeks, some sure. games that you would have thought would have rated higher, uh, but it really didn't show the um, uh, the losses that you're re- referencing. But boy, oh boy, the Super Bowl did. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you don't have parties. I don't know how. Well, that might have played a role in it, Trent. That's a good point. I wonder if that did play mm-hmm. a role in it. If you're somebody that does go out, you go to the bar for the. Well, you're not going out to. Yeah, but bars don't rate. They do now. Oh, they do now. They do now, yes. That is something, what do they call it? Uh, it is something, though, that is considered now in the in the ratings. I think that changed about... Well, it can't be too far. A year and a half ago, something yeah, like that. I think it was before football season okay. of, well, but it meant 2019. All right, I wasn't aware of that. If I remember correctly, but that's a piece of it. The one thing I remember reading about that, though, is they thought they'd see a significant uptick in the numbers mm-hmm. when you include that, mm-hmm. and it wasn't... As big as TV media industry people thought it was going to be. Well, we'll get into this with Zubin and pick his brain on mm-hmm. it. Um, look, the, the That's game, a huge drop. Though. Wow. Was the, was the game boring? It was. It was a blowout. Okay. We don't blowouts. Yeah. Blowouts don't rate. Right. Right. The, the halftime show? That didn't help. Did people not come back after the halftime show? For people of your generation. Uh-huh. You didn't know who the weekend was. I played a well, song. Well, yeah, you had to tell me yeah. who. And he's a Canadian. I would have thought, you know, if, uh, I'm you, you know love this. those connections. Right. You're like us here in Iowa. We glob onto anything right. and you. A fine Canadian lad. You got a whole country to do it. Absolutely. Not a lot of people up there, but a whole country of it that you guys gravitate to. I played the song, you knew who I was yep. after that. Mm-hmm. But even your generation out. Right. My generation, oh, that guy. I talked to a lot of people of my age grade, you know, late 30s, early 40s. Oh, that's who that is? Kind of that thing. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a couple of generations that really had no idea. This wasn't a big rock group from the past. Right. This wasn't a pop star that had 20 years built up. It wasn't like Shakira and J-Lo last year yeah. that had that longevity that went along with it. So I think that's a tough sell. A lot of people didn't like it. How many people, the casual fan that dropped out and... Oh, it's 21-6. Yeah, All right. Game wasn't very good. Let's the, flip on a movie. You know, we got a couple hours here. Let's let's do something different. Well, the Super I've been to three Super Bowls and the halftime show at the first one I was at, I was at the Packers, a Brett Favre Super Bowl. Uh against the Patri- was, Patriots? Against the Patriots, yep. Uh ZZ Top, Boom. James Brown, and a, and the Belushi brothers, I think. Uh forty three uh was in Tampa. It was Kurt Warner and the Cardinals mm-hmm. against the Steelers. Great game. It was a great game. The the James Harrison long touchdown at the end of the first half never should have counted. Blocks in the back twice. Um <laughs> But it did. Sounded like you had money on the yeah, Cardinals or something there. Uh, it was the boss. It was Bruce Springsteen. That was a good one. That was a good one. And then I was at Super Bowl 50, and it was um, Coldplay and Beyonce. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. 
and this was the weekend. <laughs> yeah, if this is your first yeah. Super Bowl experience and this is what yeah. you get compared to some of the past ones, you're less scratching your head. You mentioned the Bears Colts Super Bowl. Remember who played at that one? I don't. One? I don't remember. It was Prince. Oh, was that? And it was raining. Oh, it was raining. It yes, started. Yes, it started yes, a yes. downpour as he started yes. playing Purple Rain. I do remember that. I just now get that you mentioned goosebumps that. thinking about that. Well, uh, they didn't. Uh, people didn't tune in that year, Trent. And they didn't tune in um, uh, this year for the Super Bowl. Anyways, we will move on from that. So, college basketball last night was. I watched Kansas Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Boy, Cunningham is good, isn't he? He turned the ball yeah. over too many times, but man, which he oh, does. That's true. He doesn't. He's going to be really good. He's going to be a He's good... He's raw, Trent, I think, still, in some ways. Because his basketball IQ is it's bad. Uh-huh. For a guy that talented, I can't think of a guy that has a basketball IQ that just seems as poor mm-hmm. as him. Is that reps? Is it mm. just... I, I have no clue the reasoning behind it, but going back to Saturday, he gets finally the steal in, in uh, what, the first overtime against Texas, and then misses the bunny. Yeah. It just... He has those kind of things all the time. But the dude is incredibly, incredibly talented. Kansas, though, they fall out of the top 25. They look good last night, Trent. They're going to get Iowa State twice this week. Yeah, and one of them has been moved. Uh, Thursday's game is now 6 o'clock, and it's moved off of plus to the big one, uh, to ESPN. Which is great. Yeah, so I'm guessing whatever was scheduled to be then, there had a COVID cancellation. And, Probably. Uh, ESPN is adapting, so we'll get that one Thursday at 6. Tonight is TCU at 8. We'll get to that game uh, in, in a second. But Kansas looked didn't you think that yeah. yeah this is a top 25 I'm not saying they're great but they're a top 25 team so the way they're trending right now they're going to be if they kind of go this route mm-hmm. they're pretty good they're not great no they're not Kansas that you think of but they're no. they're going to be a 4 or 5 seed and if you're Gonzaga is that who you want to see on mm. your side of the bracket in the sweet 16 with Kansas awaiting you yeah. if you're Villanova I don't want to see that team Didn't there Kansas play the Zags earlier this year did they? they did, yeah. That was like one of the first games of the year. It was. it was on Big Fox. I think it was yeah. one of the first games of the year. But is that who you want to see? No. I certainly want it. Bill Self. If McCormick plays like he did in the last 20 minutes last night, the first half he wasn't well. good. Yeah. Uh, and, and Wilson, when he shows up, that's a good basketball team. Mm-hmm. All right, I think the big news, the big local news from yesterday, of course, was the Matt Campbell extension. Um, and the details have yet to be announced, at least that I've seen, with one exception. The fact that he negotiated as part of his contract a $3 million pool of money to be distributed, uh, I'm assuming equally over the next three years, for his assistance, um, that, that's, that tells you a lot about the guy. Mm-hmm. That tells you that you know everybody wants to get theirs. I get that. But he got his, but he also made sure that his guys got theirs. Uh, and that speaks volumes to, you know, to what the what kind of uh, guys leading the program up there. Look, the heights that they've reached. We don't have to remind you. Um, it's, it's uncharted territory, and, and good for him. And Kirk Herbstreit came out and tweeted right away, "Congratulations!" And he's he was sincerely happy that Matt Campbell is staying in Iowa State. And of course, he got attacked. Right? Oh yes, yeah. Because they had their receipts. Because I don't know how many years ago that Campbell was starting Couple. to have some success. Look, that's the way college football goes. Mm-hmm. College athletic goes. You don't stay at Iowa State. No, absolutely. You don't think DeVries was going to get any calls if they would have kept the boat. Uh, uh, right. Like it's not sinking by any means. Although Loyola comes to town this week and watch out. I think this is a good basketball team. We'll say that in a second. Well, let's get back to Matt Campbell. Um, that's the way it goes. Um, but he's going to stay, and and I'm just wondering, Trent, how long he's going to stay. I it's might, might this be th- th- might this be it for him? Well, there's been opportunities, That's there's been overtures, there's been plenty of mm-hmm. places where normally 
Yeah, you leave. Ryan Day leaving Ohio State anytime mm. soon? No. No. Is Notre Dame coming available? Uh, I mean, at some point it will. But I think of the two, that 2026? Would be, I don't know. If that's the case, all right. I've always thought that those were the two. And in particular, I thought Ohio State was the one. Within a gap, then I don't even know if that'll move him now. And that's right. crazy to think that, you know, that there's a coach that wants to, st- and maybe I'm dead wrong, wants to stay in Ames. I think I get the feeling he does. The one part of it signs a contract through 2028. And then the headlines, and I read multiple of them on the local level. Uh-huh. Matt Campbell staying at Iowa State through 2028. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. <laughs> right. It's a contract yeah. through mm-hmm. 2028. There's something. He could I'd, leave in 2020. No, we don't think he will. Right. Not at all. Right. But he could leave this year for the right job. It's not going to happen. But, but I, I get your point. There's. We all have these little things that just bother us. And mm-hmm. that one, when it comes to coaches, always mm-hmm. bothers me. The wording of that. Yeah. No, he's not staying. He's not locked in. He can still leave. Uh-huh. He's not an indentured servant. He can leave if he wants to on his own merit. He's not like I just and I saw a lot of different places that had it that way yesterday. That aside, though. They kept their guy. Yeah. And they continue to keep their guy. Mm-hmm. And and he's going to see to it that he can keep his guys mm-hmm. to the best of his ability, and that's pay them perhaps what the uh, the market bears. That pool of money for assistant coaches is bigger than it's ever been. If an SEC coordinator job comes calling, and if it's about the money, can Iowa State match for a coordinator $3 million a year? No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think that's happening. Uh-uh. And there's... So of the two, I mean, Manning would be the one. He's jumped once. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Haycock's had op- opportunities to go or not. I hope he stays. I mean, Big 12 defense, yeah. and this is what this guy's been able to do. Um, I, I hope he stays. Manning seems to be a guy that's going to get a – Shieldhouse is going to get an opportunity, yes. you would think. There's young coaches on that staff. Look, every coach has a coaching tree. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Some are bigger than others. Uh, so we'll see where Matt Campbell's goes. You know, speaking of coaches um, – Marty Schottenheimer passed away. Yes. Uh, Alzheimer's, 77 years old. And the Washington Post, of course, he coached there. How many years was he? He wasn't there very long. How long? No, he I don't even know if he was there that long. I remember him, obviously, as a chief mm-hmm. and a charger. Um, I remember him as a Brown. And I mean, yeah, started in Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Started in Cleveland, then went to Kansas City, then to San Diego and got fired. I think he always had a good record there, but he could never get them over the hump. Uh, part of that is John Elway's fault. Um, I, I don't know how long he was in Washington, but back to the, back to the headline. Just a year. Yeah, I didn't think he was there that yeah. long. Before so how, how, give, me, give me the breakdown. He was uh, Cleveland for five. Mm-hmm. Kansas City for about 10. Okay. A single season after a couple years off in Washington, and then San Diego for five. Okay. Um, look, it's a, that's a hell of a career. How many mm-hmm. games did he win? Close to, I'm, let me, let, uh, I don't think, I'll go buck 75. 200. Did he win that many games? 21126, a 61% win percentage. That's pretty good. It's really good. Okay. So he won 200 games. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. The Washington Post and their obituaries, this, and it's not the full obituaries, uh, the announcement, Marty Schottenheimer, comma, NFL coach whose team's wilted in postseason dies at 77. Or, I'll write it, Marty Schottenheimer, comma, NFL coach who won 200 NFL games during his, how many years? 15? 
tw- 20, couple, about 20. Okay. Marty Schottenheimer, NFL coach who won 200 games in his 20 years as a head coach. Or Marty Schottenheimer, whose team's wilted in the postseason, dies at 77. I think that's a little cold. So I'll uh, tell you something. As you know, I'm a big Tony Kornheiser fan. Yeah. I uh, enjoy PTI. Don't get to watch it as much as I would like, but listen to his podcast quite often in my afternoons driving around town. And yeah. So... One thing he has mentioned before is, A, there was a time he actually wanted to write obituaries. Kornheiser did? For the Washington Post. It was when he started to do more lifestyle stuff, moving away from sports a little bit more. And that was something that he always enjoyed. And he enjoyed the way the Washington Post did it because we've all heard the line before. That'll be in the opening line of his obituary. Right. That, a big part of that is because of the Washington Post. And the way they write obituaries is, what are you remembered for? What are you most remembered for? Mm. And that is what you put in your opening line of the obituary. So that's where it comes from. But is it fair sense. that he's, is he most remembered for wilting in the postseason? Yeah. Is he? I, I don't think there's any doubt. Two so you would, you, so when a guy dies, the body's not even cold yet, and you're going to pile. That, that pile that's of, what you paint the picture of their life, though, and what they're remembered for. See, yeah. That's what it is. That's where hmm. this line comes from. Hmm. And that's, when I think Marty Schottenheimer, that's what I think about. I think of those devastating losses with the Browns. I well, think of, yeah, I mean, Elway killed him, and then Elway killed him when uh, when he was with the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs losses that they had. The AFC Championship games that he got to never could break through. Finally getting there with the Chargers and getting things back, going 14-2. and two, mm-hmm. And then losing in the divisional got, round. Yeah. As Nate Kading can't kick a field goal. Yeah, and what, didn't he get canned that year after four? Was it yes. a thirteen and three or fourteen? Fourteen and two. And two they went huh. that season. So the Washington Post was the first. Uh, this is. The, I don't know if it's the first. It's what I didn't whoever, know this, Trent. You're, years you're ago, teaching though, teaching me something here. I like it. The editor, the, the head of the newspaper, and I, I've heard Kornheiser mention his name before, but uh-huh. he said we want our obituaries. This is what it's about. We there's that line out there, and that's what we're striving to make it be. That opening line, paint the picture of how they are remembered. Mm. Marty Schottenheimer, loser in the playoffs. Yeah, I wonder how his family would, would his family rather read his well, dad won 200 games or dad chokes in the playoffs? Well, I think we all would, but <laughs> right. that's not what they're working for. They're not yeah. working for niceties. They're no, looking to it. paint the picture. I get it. And that's the picture of Marty Schottenheimer. Looking through these well, losses. you know, now that you mention it, Trent, um, look, I'm a... I'm, I'm not the right guy to ask because I remember the losses because the losses, a lot of them mm-hmm. were the team that I root for. Right, yeah. So I do remember those more so, but I remember him. It seemed like a pretty good guy, too. Yeah. But you can't put Marty Shot and I'm a pretty good guy. Dies at 77. <laughs> doesn't quite work, does it? Doesn't it? get your attention. Doesn't roll off the tongue yeah. and doesn't get a click, doesn't get a people to buy the newspaper. Well, apparently, a number of people have. Um, Come to Marty Schottenheimer's defense uh, to, to the uh, to, to the end that the Washington Post has changed its headline in the obituary from Marty Schottenheimer, comma NFL coach whose team's wilted in postseason dies at seventy seven to Marty Schottenheimer, comma one of NFL's winningest coaches dies at seventy seven. I like that one better. I like that one better. That's fair. You know, don't you think? Yeah. Don't you want to? That's how you want to be. Um, I wonder how much. Obviously, the, are you going to write your own obituary? Ken Miller, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who pioneered sports talk radio no, in know, the state not, of that's Iowa. That's going to be. If it's, I don't. I, let, let me put it this way: I hope the Washington Post 
doesn't write it. I got you. Because you know what it's going to be? Yeah. Who made the boneheaded career decision. That's not what I want to read. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> you do it. Pioneer in Sports Talk yeah, Radio I'll, I'll on the take, State of I'll Iowa. take yours. And sadly, I'm... Anyways. Um We'll get we'll get back to that, but but good for the Washington Post. I think they write it wrong. I think they write it wrong. That one's a little bit easier. Marty Schottenheimer, comma one of the NFL's winningest coaches, dies at seventy-seven. That's easier to read. Look, it's, it seems like um, I don't know. I, I don't remember reading bad negative stuff about Marty Schottenheimer. I don't. It, was there stuff out there? Maybe there was, uh, but. Um, I don't recall seeing it, and I hate the disease, Alzheimer's. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible disease my mom is. Anyways, Uh, let's get Dave in here. Welcome him to the program. Dave, how are you? Good, good. I was just talking about Marty. Uh, I'm a a big Chargers fan, as I was telling uh, the uh, the answer. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I remember they fired Marty. and yeah, you got it right. They're fourteen and two, and I, wow. I think there was a player. It might have been Ladainley and Tomlinson. It might have been somebody okay. else that they don't know what they're doing. No other coach could get us to fourteen and two. Obviously, the GM and the owner thought they could do better. Yeah. And I just, well, I just wonder what the Chargers are thinking. Uh, ever thought ever since that day, are mm. they regretting firing Marty Schottenheimer and what the Chargers could have been in the ensuing years? Yeah, it's a great Marty point. It's a great point. That uh, was that's all I have. Yep. Thank thanks, you. Dave. I appreciate the, Marty. Yep. Appreciate the call. That's. I mean, think of the talent on that team. Most Pro Bowlers that season, they had 11 that year. Bill Rivers, LaDainia Tomlinson, Nate Cates, Sean Merriman, Jamal Williams, Nick Hardwick, another good offensive lineman. Where did he go to school? Kansas? That sounds right. He's a Big 12-er, isn't he? I think he is. No, he's from Purdue. Is he? Okay. (laughs) Big 10, Big 12. All right. We kind of get confused. Lorenzo Neal, best fullback of that generation? Maybe. Kasim Osgood, don't remember him. No. Oh, he was a special teamer, that's why. Antonio Gates, yep. Marcus McNeil, and their long snapper. Mm-hmm. Go 14-2, and two, and then fall to the Patriots in the divisional round. One and done. 20, uh, what was it, 24-21 in that one. So, yeah, that's as close as he got, right, was a championship game. He got the he two got, of them in Cleveland, I want to say. He got, yep, the back-to-back, yeah. 80, 86 and 87 yeah. seasons. Right. Losing on the fumble in the drive. Yeah. Got there with Montana's as quarterback with Kansas City. Okay. That would have been... 90 what? 92 or 3? 93. Yeah. Went 11 and 5 there. Um, and that was... Those were his last playoff victories, wow. too. Were they really? Got there three more times with the Chiefs. Lost in the first game mm-hmm. each time. Mm-hmm. And then got there twice with San Diego. Lost in the wild card game what, against the Jets. It, it and the had Patriots. to be 97 that Denver went to Arrowhead. And that was like a, wasn't that like a 10 7 really close game? All right, let's bring it I want to say up. 97. Uh, Kansas City was the one seed. Right, and Denver was there. Denver was on the road. They were. They opened up against Jacksonville, did the Broncos, 142 17. Okay. Then go to Kansas City, the number Chiefs one seed. Chiefs are coming off the bye, and it was a, it was a low-scoring game. 14-10. There you go. On the other side of the bracket, Pittsburgh beat New England 7-6. And I know what happened when the Broncos went to Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And then I know what happened the following game. Under, Finally. Underbetters were rejoicing there into the divisional round. Yeah. Green Bay also beat Tampa that day 21-7. Mm. Interesting. 
Good stuff. Kevin Lehman coming up next. We've got a keyword to get to. We'll do that momentarily. Kevin Lehman, Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, will join the program. Bobby Hansen at 11.05. Zubin Mahente, 11.25. That's your BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword PAY to 200-200 right now. Your chance at $1,000 PAY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. At Miller & Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10. How would this Canadian have played at the Super Bowl, Trent? Would it have been a hit? Uh, my generation would have liked it. My generation, probably too. Younger people? Not so much. Tough stuff. Uh, 10.30 on a Tuesday morning. It's Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Anxious to, uh, to speak with Kevin Lehman. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors. Had a week off. Well, it was Super Bowl week after all mm-hmm. with us, but Kevin is back with us, and we're grateful. Kevin, Trent, and Ken, thank you, sir, for coming on. Appreciate it. Kevin, where I want to start with you, because I'm pretty sure you saw Loyola in person, uh, one of your many assignments this year. Of course, they're making their way to Drake, uh, to the Knapp Center for a double dip this weekend. Uh, even though Valpo was able to beat Drake, obviously huge stakes, uh, this weekend. Uh, perhaps the, um, you know, the outright title on the line. I think it probably is amongst those two schools. Cappy keeps telling us how good this Loyola team is when he joins us on Wednesday. Do you agree uh, that this team is a really salty bunch? Well, first, Ken, thanks for playing that music because that's my generation. That a boy. Also. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> but these Ramblers, yeah, I've had them three times. Highly efficient. Porter Mosier, he's a disciple of... Uh, of uh, my, my brain just went blank there. His coach down at St. Louis that he worked for. Oh, uh, Charlie Spoonhauer? No, no, no. no. Majerus? Guy. Oh, Majerus. Majerus, Rick Majerus. Yes. This this cold is making my brain freeze, guys. <laughs> yeah, disciple, disciple Rick Majerus. I mean, they are highly efficient. They shoot the ball really well. They don't turn it over you got to be able to play deep in the shot clock against Loyola team. And they don't beat themselves, guys. That's the thing about them. You have to beat them. They will not beat themselves. you got the matchup coming up this weekend. I know you mentioned that with Drake and with Loyola. We'll get to that maybe here a little bit later. But looking back, uh, what happened against Valpo over the weekend? It's one thing to drop a game against some of the teams we've seen them beat up pretty good. Southern Illinois, Missouri State. This Valpo team was not playing good basketball. What happened over the weekend in your mind to Drake, even in the victory in the first game and then the loss in the second? Is something wrong with the Bulldogs, or is it just one of those weekends? Well, this thing about the, about the Valley, guys, I mean, it's such a, uh, a league. Even your bottom teams can sneak up and beat you. There's great balance in the Valley, even if the, the records don't look good. You'll probably see it in the Big Ten some, but you know, Nebraska's not going to beat some of these teams. Uh, but here's what happened. We saw a little bit of this against Illinois State when they had to go to overtime. And then they go to Valpo. They shoot on that weekend 5 of 28 from distance. I mean, that's 
And Valpo doesn't turn the ball over in that game that they win. Uh, Valpo turns over five times. So that's what Drake relies on, getting some points off turnovers. They don't shoot a lot of threes, uh, but they got to imp- up-tempo the, the game. And what happens this time of year is your guards get more comfortable, so it's harder to get them to turn the ball over, and it's harder to speed teams up when you get into uh, mid and late February. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Lehman joins us, Washer Systems of Iowa. Well, Drake and uh, you and I, they've got a date to, to, uh, tomorrow night, right? Yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday, uh, prior to that double dip when Loyola comes to town. Uh, what have you seen from the Panthers as of late, Kevin Lehman? Well, some good signs, Ken, uh, and most of it's because of Noah Carter. He's really starting to emerge as, I always said they need a four scorer to help out Fife, Burhau, Bowen Bourne has been a scorer for him. And now Noah Carter's had uh, double-doubles for two of his last three games. Big game against Indiana State. And, and he's a young guy that I think started to mature uh, and re- realize they have to perform every time out. But still, you got a young backcourt there, and they don't have a lot of margin of error. Of course, uh, they got Ty Anderson healthy now, gives them a little more pop. It'll be interesting to see what they do against this Drake team because they're going to have to play against all that pressure. And can these young guards handle the pressure that they're going to see. You've got Bowen Bourne, who shot it well, and Nate Heisey. And Bowen Bourne, as Jake said, he's more of a combo guard. So they still don't have a true point guard out there with A.J. Green uh, with the hip injury and then their other guard that left early, Antoine Kimmins. So you're playing with two freshmen in App Center against a team that really likes the pressure. You and I, not a great season, and you still have the conference tournament to look forward to. Can they stay out of that first night, Trent? going to be tough. Yeah. Is is that a realistic goal? I think that's a good place to go. And and Kevin, I know on some of your staffs that you and I, coaching under Coach Miller, you had seasons that were rough. And does it ultimately turn into this thing's not over? You're pointing to that conference tournament and, and trying to keep the guys engaged at the end of the regular season? Well, no question. Exactly what Ben Jackson told me in our Zoom call, that uh, it's such a strange year with COVID. Anything can happen in St. Louis. You may get a forfeit. Because a team gets tested mm-hmm. positive, so his whole goal is to get this team ready and playing their best basketball uh, when they get to March in St. Louis. And you're right; it's going to be tough for them to get out of that playing game on Wednesday night because they've got two at Valpo at home after this Drake. You know, it's going to be tough for them to win the Nap Center, and then they've got two Drake back home, and then they go to Illinois State. So not a daunting schedule. There's a chance they could do it, uh, but they've dug themselves a pretty big hole here to start the Valley season. Uh, you know, you mentioned the conference terms. Let me pick up on that uh, as we're going to segue here to Iowa State and TCU are going to play tonight. Maybe, maybe this might be Iowa State's. Uh, they crack uh, the win column here in conference play, which certainly seems like they're headed in the right direction. they got a three-win team that they're sharing the floor with. But Bob Bowlesby was asked this yesterday, Kevin, and I'm wondering if you're hearing any buzz as you make your way uh, through various uh, arenas uh, this winter. Pursuant to opting out of the conference tournament, I'll use Baylor, for example. I don't know who the person, the reporter was uh, referencing when he asked Bowlesby or who he had in the back of his mind uh, when he asked the question about teams opting out of the conference tournament. But if you're Baylor, I mean, they're going through a... Um, a shutdown right now. They have. They don't have to go and win the conference tournament. They're a one seed for crying out loud. But Baylor, would they be better off 
you know, taking that three or four days, in their case, three days off, uh, and just waiting for the big dance. Uh, Bowlesby said he hadn't heard of anything like that, but do you think that those uh, that those questions uh, will grow louder as we inch our way to the end of regular seasons and toward conference tournaments? Ken, they're loud right now. I'm hearing it everywhere. And you use Baylor example. What about Gonzaga? Why should they play yeah. in the West Coast Conference Tournament uh, and risk that mm-hmm. exposure? So I'm hearing a lot of it. I think what's going to happen is these conference commissioners, you can take a stand and say, you're going to play, or else this thing's going to be a huge mess. What you have on the other side of that is, you guys know, TV revenue, TV mm-hmm. money, badly needed to help out all these athletic programs. I wouldn't be surprised to see the commissioner step up and say, hey, you're going to play uh, because you've got to be a solid area as one as a conference. We saw it in football when the Big Ten was going to shut down. Nebraska said, no, we're going to go play our own football schedule. And the Big Ten said, no, you're not. Not if you're going to stay in this league. I think you're going to see that sort of confrontation coming here soon. It's a great point about Gonzaga. Why do they need to, why no. do they need to play? They're good. They're going to be a number one seed, <laughs> yes. number one overall seed, or number two, regardless. Here on the other yeah. side of the and the West Coast Conference still in Vegas, right? Yes. The tournament, yeah, yeah. Uh, makes a whole lot of sense. We'll see how that plays out. Before that, though, still a lot of basketball in our final month of the regular season. The Iowa Hawkeyes, Kevin, continue to struggle now. Losers of four out of five. C.J. Frederick has not been a part of most of this run as he's been battling an injury. But uh, with that, what are you seeing with this Hawkeye team? What's going wrong? And maybe more importantly, can it be fixed? I had um, uh, the radio call on the National Sports Network against Ohio State last Wednesday. So I was in Carver Hawkeye. They look tired. Garza especially looked tired. Think of the physical beating he's taken night in and night out. And all the work he's done the offseason, I think he needs a reset button. He just wore out. Uh, can they fix it? Big one tonight or coming up here against Rutgers. But look at the rest of the schedule, guys. they got to mm-hmm. go to Michigan State. That's a dangerous team because they need wins badly. Then you go to Wisconsin, home to Penn State. Then you got to go at Ohio State at Michigan. Their schedule is brutal here down the stretch for the Hawkeyes. And we've seen them fade before. I don't know. I'm a little concerned about this Iowa team, what direction they're going. But it's better to have that low now than to have it at the end of February heading into March. So maybe they can get the ship corrected, so to speak. Uh, Kevin, uh, back to Iowa State. It just feels like uh, th- this team is is close. Uh, I mean, I, I, they're, they're, they're winless. We get that. They're, they're, playing, they're playing better. They've, uh, they've come out of the COVID. They got hammered by texas tech then they had the shutdown period uh came out of it and uh, you know we're so, so shorthanded um prior to going to uh starkville in the sec big 12 challenge but the last couple have been encouraging we'll put it that we'll put it that way does it seem to you like it does to me that this team is maybe going to crack the win column as soon as tonight we're all hoping so. Uh, and here's what you're seeing, Ken. They're shooting, they're starting to shoot the ball better. 25 of 52 in their threes in the last two games. So when the ball goes to the basket like that, it makes it easier to play defense. And they also have cleaned up their ball handling. They were kicking the thing all over the gym early in the season. So those are two good signs. Ball going through the basket, handling the basketball better. Can they get a win at TCU? Let's well, certainly hope so because they need to get that goose egg out of that wind off that W area in the, uh, 
in the Big 12. So looking forward, we uh, mentioned at the top Drake Loyola. How do you think that one's going to play out over the mm. weekend? Ken and I have been talking about that a lot. What a huge weekend it's going to be after we get through the Drake U and I game tomorrow. But a look forward to the weekend and the Ramblers and the Bulldogs. Well, I'll tell you what, Fred, it's, this is a huge game because when you look at Lenardi's, he's all, he already moved Drake to his last four buys. They're getting on that Jeez. bubble area. And very rarely does the Valley get a chance to get quad one wins. This is a quad one opportunity for both Loyola and Drake, two games back-to-back. So if somebody comes out of here with two wins, they are solidly in this tournament. If they split, uh, they both might be able to get in. If they don't trip up down the stretch, say they don't win uh, Arch Madness. So this has a lot of repercussions on it. And here's a great thing about this game. You have two contrasting styles. I mentioned the Rick Majerus controlled basketball style of Loyola, and you've got the up-tempo, get-out-in-your-face-and-press-you of Drake. So who can control tempo in this game come up this weekend? I think it's going to be a fabulous contest. And you have which game, Kevin? I've got them both. Good. I moved them both to the ESPN2, Ken. So they switched times on us. I think we're 11 o'clock Saturday. Yeah. And they just moved Sunday's game to 2 p.m. Both to put them on ESPN2. Good. Who are you working Clay with? Clay and myself will have. Yeah, I'm working with Clay again. We've been doing gotcha. both this Valley uh, Network on uh, the ESPN. Well, we'll be watching, Kevin Lehman. Mm-hmm. We will uh, reconvene with you here on the radio next week. Thanks for what you do for us, Kevin. Appreciate it. All right, guys, always a pleasure. Uh, our guy, uh, Jeff Egley, is down in Arizona. He's missing this cold weather. <laughs> Lucky duck. He's got a maid. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin uh, Lehman, color analyst. Uh, he'll have both Drake Loyola games this weekend. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors, Trent. Yeah, big thank you to Washer Systems of Iowa. You got that shop, you got a garage, and you need a heater. They can help you out at Washer Systems of Iowa, along with all the pressure washers that they have out there. Mighty M at the forefront of things. Washersystems.com, Northeast 14th, straight up uh, towards your way. Still Des Moines, right before. Where does it flip to Ankeny? You know what? I don't know that. It's... It's somewhere kind of in the middle, right? The kind of the country. I wonder where the actual divide is um, of the well, city there's line. A, there's a little town between Seidel, right? Seidel, yeah. yeah, that's a little town. There's a school, um, probably around there. I, I yeah. don't know the answer to it, but it's right on your way up to Ankeny if you're heading up on North on 14th Street. We will uh, hear from Shelby Mass. Boy, Lenardi's got them first last four in. Drake? Is oh, that, is that what it was? That's I, what Kevin just said. Uh-huh. So Andy Katz has them at 10. Shelby has them as a 6. They're all over the map, these bracketologists this year. It's a ten. It's about 10.45. We'll come back with our bracketologist, Shelby Mass from Gannett. USA Today, Des Moines Register. He's next. 1460 KXNO 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get to our bracketologist, shall we? Well, he's also Gannett's. USA Today. We like to have him. We do. We claim him. Shelby Mast uh, joins us. Shelby, Trent, and Ken, as always, appreciate you coming on here, Shelby Mast. Uh, Trent, I'm having trouble clicking him on. There we go. How are you, Shelby? 
I'm here. That's good. We're glad. We're grateful that you are. So we want to start with Drake because um, I, I know we, we spoke about it last week, just how much uh, more difficult this season is going to be amongst people that do the brackets uh, for a living uh, like you do. Um you have Drake as a six. I see some tens out there. I see Lenardi's got him eleven. Cats had him as a ten. Uh, what when you see Drake? Why are you still uh, so high on this Drake basketball team that you've left them as a six, knowing that they play Loyola back to back games coming up this weekend? Oh yeah, what they do in the future isn't affecting right. where they're seated now. Uh, I, I, you're going to have lost, and this is their first one. And they lost to Valpo on the road. Holman Road doesn't seem to matter as much this year because there's no fans. But uh, Law of Averages says they're going to lose. And that's not a bad loss it took. I didn't feel like dropping them five spots because of the one loss. They shouldn't be penalized that much. Now, in the end, they may end up lower than what I have them. But for now, I'm comfortable leaving them at six. And a big series coming up for them this weekend as they'll play two games against Loyola. Going to find a whole lot more there. When you do look forward and we get to the tournament, they're going to have these games against Loyola, maybe a third one there, but trying to figure out a team, and especially an at-large profile, not just where to seed them, to even put them in, when you only play two or three quadrant one games throughout the course of the season. Historically, how difficult has it been for teams to get in at-large with that kind of resume? It's been tough, but what the committee did a few years ago when they put Belmont in, Mm -hmm. they said, look at the number of opportunities they have and how they did in those. So Belmont a couple years ago had like only three or four quad one and quad two games, but they got two wins. And so that's what I'm looking at. Look how many opportunities they have, and if they have a couple wins against those, then I'm more apt to put them in. Shelby Mast, uh, bracketwag.com is his uh, bracket. You can also find it at USA Today and at uh, most of the Gannett papers. Shelby, Kansas last night looked for the first time. Okay, not like Kansas as we've grown, <laughs> as we know Kansas. Right. But, but Kansas 2021, this was the best they'd looked in some time. Beating a good Oklahoma State team with maybe the number one overall pick in Cunningham. Uh, when you saw Kansas last night, right now you have them as a six. Does it feel to you uh, like maybe this is a team to watch, that they're going to be creeping into those top four seeds before it's all said and done? Or do you think that they're going to stay right around where they are? I'm thinking they're going to stay right about where they are, maybe at five seed. They could creep up to four, but this season has shown, for me at least, that Kansas, when they get against a good team, and Oklahoma State's good, but I don't consider them upper echelon, but Kansas doesn't seem to play as well, and they've they've kind of been blown out in a couple of games. So I, I expect them, if they can maintain the rest of the season, they'll end up in the five or six range. You know, you look at the Big 12 as a whole, Baylor obviously going to run away with the title, regardless of how many games that they end up playing. Out of that next tier, the Oklahomas, the West Virginia, Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, who do you like most? Who do you think has, has put themselves in position, not just seating-wise, but has the team that can make a run and, and maybe give themselves a chance to play in an Elite Eight with a chance to get to the, the Final Four? I think Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma all have done that. But I, I tend to, as much as I'm a Texas guy, I'm kind of leaning towards Oklahoma 
because they've got more upperclassmen, mm-hmm. and that seems to be the theme this year. You have upperclassmen that can keep you in a game. They're gonna they're gonna find a way to win. Whereas you look at the Blue Bloods, who are traditionally young teams, they're not having a good year. No, that's uh, for- I think the team with the most upperclassmen would be the best. Uh, Ohio State really caught my attention uh, this this past couple of weeks. I didn't know what to make of them, um, but you know, the, you know when they they came in and uh, did what they did at uh, Carver Hawkeye. When was that, Trent? Last two, whatever it was, uh, it's been a week or so ago. Be- beating this Hawkeye team, and then they followed that up last night with a nice win on the road at Maryland. So that's back to back roadies. They've got a win on the road against Wisconsin. How close, Shelby? In your mind, you have them as a might this be the Big Ten team when it's all said and done that finds them on the one line? They've got to be close. Yeah, they're really close. They're next in line for me. And Villanova and Michigan, what hurts them, they haven't played the games, but they don't take the losses. So, you know, Michigan has only got one loss, but they haven't played as many games. And I I said Ohio State is probably being the top team in the Big Ten. But if Michigan can find a way to stay there with only one or two losses, maybe, and they got a big game coming up with Ohio State, that I think that's going to be a big deciding factor. And Nova, they, they, I don't feel comfortable with them on one line. I, I see them taking another loss or two, and Ohio State may take their spot. Talking with Shelby Master right now, BracketWag.com. You can find Shelby's updated bracket each and every morning. With that, Shelby, uh, to the Iowa Hawkeyes. And people in Hawkeye Nation are freaking out. They're losing their minds. They think that the sky is falling, yet you still have them solidly as a three. You look at Bracket Matrix, they're solidly a three. The world's not falling apart because it's not in a vacuum. Though things are not going well for the Hawkeyes as they've lost four out of five, it's not like there's a lot of teams right now that are going to be taking their place. Not as dire as people expect. Uh, take the, a little deeper inside the Hawkeyes as you see it, Shelby. Yeah, that's the thing is that they can win and lose, but what other teams do affects things as well. And the fact that they had they started off the year so well, and they they had they've got a, a bunch of good quad one wins, and now they they they're slumping a little bit. But other teams around them aren't doing anything that makes you shake your head or go, wow, look at that. You know, they're just kind of going along as well. And so I'm taking the uh, look at all the teams that are just kind of doing okay right now and who has the best overall profile. And for me, I was still there. Hmm. If Gonzaga were to lose, and I don't think that they will, but everybody seemingly gets beat at some point. Uh, if if they lose in a conference game right now, are they? Uh, how far would they drop? I'm sure they're your number one overall, your, your mm-hmm. overall number one, right? Would be Gonzaga. If they were to get beat, how far would they fall? To my number two overall. It's just that, yeah. just that, huh? They're just like flip flop with Baylor. Yeah, they'd flop with Baylor, and uh, it did take two or three to get to get them off the one line, and I can't see that happening. You know, Michigan's your number three. I think most everybody have them there, but we haven't seen them play. We're not going to see them still play until this weekend. How precipitous could it be of a drop for them? Because they had this long stretch off, if they kind of have something that happens like Iowa, they lose four out of five. 
Are we talking about a team that's going to drop even more just because they're not going to have the number and the volume of games as everybody else? I don't think so. I think they could drop two to three spots. Okay. Uh, they did so good, and you got to look at the profile as a whole. Yep. And you know, take into account they've had a long layoff, and they've been practicing. We don't know; uh, they're not supposed to have been. But if they have, if they maintain, they're going to be all right. But I, they'll probably have a little bit of a slump. I, I don't see them falling out of the top four seed. Mm, interesting, Shelby. Great stuff. Uh, thank you. We will talk to you in a week's time. There'll be, I'm, I'm assuming, a lot of movement between now and then. Your bracket's updated each and every day. Bracketwag.com. Bracketwag.com. Shelby, we'll talk to you in a week. Thank you. Thanks as always, guys. Good to talk to you, Shelby Mast, as uh, we talk brackets. We will have more college basketball conversation. Bobby Hansen leads off Hour 2. Zubin Mahente from ESPN as well. 1460 and 106.